0: So I'd like to call your attention, everybody's attention, to the title of today's message, Prioritizing Priorities. And I stuck something in your bulletin, and I think everybody here understands what a priority is. It's something that I choose to do over something else, or something that I want to do. It's more important to me than something else. I think everybody has them, and I made a list of 10 priorities that I think most everybody here would agree with. I think if we were to sit down and and have a discussion and a wipe-off board, everybody throw out ideas. I don't know if there's anything else that you would throw up here besides these. So I I wrote these down, and so just just for fun, you can see if these are what you agree with. Uh, They're not in any kind of order. If you'd like some homework for today after church, you don't have to turn this in, but there's this little dash mark next to each one that you can say, this is the order of importance. And even if you don't do that, you already can look and say, This is more important to me than something else. So, the priorities. Number one is family. Is family a priority to people? They say that's a priority. Uh, Church and helping in church and teaching in Sunday school, is that a priority? Uh, Work or school, priority? For for some of you, that's the same thing. My home, if I'm improving my house, it's a priority. Right now, we're getting lots of work done on the parsonage. Guess what? huge priority. If it's happening, I'm there. Uh, my my car is a priority, right? It's something that we say, hey, I, I want to be able to get to and fro. I want to keep it clean. I want to keep it maintained. My neighbors, my friends are a priority. Uh, my hobby or my sports that I'm involved in, those are probably a priority. Uh, the television I show, you know, this one I was thinking about the Winter Olympics, which I don't know anything about it. I don't know if it's still going on. But I know that if it's on, it's only on for a specific time, like a specific time of year or every couple of years, however that works. It's kind of like the Super Bowl. It's only on once a year. So it's a priority for a specific time. Uh, myself, anybody can say myself is a priority at least once in a while. I know that especially mothers out there are always putting that kind of thing on the back burner. But you say I sometimes myself is a priority or exercise is a priority. It's a low priority, but it's a priority, right? And then there's the space for other in case I missed anything. But I think we all can say we have priorities. Some priorities are every day. Like my family is a priority every day. Uh, My work, my job, my homework is a priority every day. Some things are priorities every week. You know, my favorite TV show doesn't come on except for once a week. So once a week it becomes a priority. Or a sporting event that I want to go to or is a priority once a week. And some priorities are, are throughout the year. You know, it's, it's a bigger priority to me to make sure I get the tires uh, rotated on the car or get new tires on the car instead of painting the bathroom or painting the bedroom, right? You have priorities. and You look at things and say, this is more important than this it's it's a very simple thing that i think we all understand now when it comes to priorities more than likely you cannot do more than one thing at a time right when i think of i mean some things do work well like if i'm going to have a sporting event and i have my family time that can overlap right because i can take my kids to the sporting event i can go and watch my kids play so some of those overlap but do work and sleep go together real well no i mean it doesn't work For me, I mean, everybody's looking at me. So that obviously is not going to work well. Uh, But you can exercise with your neighbor. That's two different priorities. I can put them together. But most things, you have to choose which is more important than the other. So we talk about prioritizing priorities. That's just something that we naturally do. You look at this list, and you say, what is more important? Are priorities bad? No. We all have priorities, and we probably agree on all the priorities. But the order of priorities it's where things are going to be a little different. In today's passage, we have a very familiar story of, of Mary and Martha. And uh, in Luke chapter 10, I'm going to read it for us, and then we're, we're going to look at it, about two sisters who had priorities. And they were both good priorities. They were different priorities. And one was better than the others, but they both had good priorities. So Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. I'm going to pray again and ask God's blessing on this. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for Mary and Martha. I thank you, God, that they both had good hearts, that they wanted to serve you. They had, I think, for the most part, they had the priorities in the right place, but one of them did pick a better choice, and we can see right now that that was Mary. I just pray that help us to give you the priorities in our life and let you put them in the order that you want them to be. I do pray, God, that you would help me to have the words to say to help us to understand this a little bit better, to help them stick in our minds better. I just pray that you would help us to hear from you exactly how we need to hear this. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Mary and Martha, our sisters, everybody probably can recognize those names. You might even be able to say that Lazarus was their brother. They lived in a little town called Bethany, and Jesus has interacted with these people at various times, and we, we're going to start with the priority of service. This was Martha's priority. My priority is to do things, and I'm sure lots of people can say, I relate to Martha, and I can say, I've talked to my wife, and she will openly admit, I am Martha. That's, and so every time I, I think about this, I think about her, and I have to say that I love Martha's. You know, any, anything good or bad that you can think or what people preach about, these two, as I say, I love Marthas because they're the people who get things done, right? If, if, something, if something needs to be prepared for, they're the people who are going to get this done. And as much as these, this message is dealing with the names of two different women, this is not a message only for women. Because women can be very, very busy doing things in life for the Lord. But guess what? So can men. We can be just as busy as they are. It's just all depending where we put our priorities. Okay, so Martha's priority was uh, the priority of service. Her heart is in the right place. And she says, uh, she, her, the first thing she does is she invites Jesus over. You know, you know, back then, uh, let, me, let me back up. She invites Jesus over. The NIV says that she, Jesus and his disciples. The King James just says Jesus. But how many times have you ever heard of Jesus uh, running around by himself? Every time Jesus wanted to get uh, by himself even to pray, he could not do this because he was such a popular guy that people are always with him. We've seen Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. He's got 12 disciples with him, and he probably has a number of other people. So Martha, when she's inviting Jesus over, she's not just inviting one person to sit there and have a meal. Chances are she's, she's inviting actually like 12 or 15 people over to eat. And so she's got this big, humongous task ahead of her. And it it doesn't say that uh, she had much warning for this. It says that she's she's struggling with the preparations that she has to make. Now, how many of you, if you're going to invite somebody over, decide to wait until people are on your doorstep to start trying to get things ready? How well do you think that's going to go over? I know my wife, my Martha, when we have company, she starts on Monday. If they're coming over on Friday, she starts on Monday cleaning the house. And she starts on Tuesday prepping the food. And, and it's, it's, it's really hard for the rest of me and the boys because we're not Martha's. We are like, yeah, we'll just sit here and relax and let her do all the work. And then it's like, we've got to keep everything clean. And she makes this food, and we can't eat it because people are coming over. But you know that you don't wait until the night, or the, until people are at your doorstep before you come in and start trying to prepare. But that's kind of the situation that she has. She didn't have any advance warning that Jesus is coming. She just sees them, says, hey, this guy has to eat. There's all these people. The hospitable thing to do is invite these people over. So she says, come on, Jesus, you guys bring you and your buddies and sit on the couch and on the floor or whatever, and I'll and start preparing these things. You know, you think about Christmas and Thanksgiving. You know, we had Thanksgiving out at Dar- Dale and Sharon's last year and Kathy and Emil's this year. Lots of people. Guess what? That, uh, that translates into lots of work. You know, you have the the meal beforehand, you have the dishes during, afterwards, and what are all the guys doing? I'm a guy, I know, I'm sitting there watching the, the the game, and if you had to have one person who was trying to prepare all that food, that's a lot of work, and they're trying to keep things clean, and they're trying to clean up, but that's kind of the situation that Martha has volunteered herself in, and I don't think she intended to just be by herself. She's probably thinking, I'm going to have help From at least my sister. My brother Lazarus is not going to help. He's a typical guy, but my sister Mary is supposed to be in the kitchen helping me. Back then, when you invited people over, you know what? They didn't have uh, a deep freeze with a leg of lamb that you could just pull out and say, I'm going to stick in the oven. You didn't have the pizza delivery company to stop by and bring you your food. I mean, she didn't have a freezer, she didn't have running water, she had Nothing. I think pretty much what you you ate, you prepared that day to eat for that meal. She didn't have all these extra resources. And who knows, if you're going to cook something, you probably need a fire. Does she have a little fire going? Does she have the wood already stacked up outside to just bring inside? Does she have to go get the water at the well? I mean, this was probably a very big task that she's undertaking. And could you kind of feel the stress in her? I mean, I look at that and I think, uh, I'm overwhelmed. I can't handle trying to do that much for that many people it's on the spur of the moment, but that's what she's doing. Martha's motive is for doing all this. I think her heart is in the right place. She says, I love Jesus. I want to do what's best for Jesus. I want to do what's best for him. I know that they have come a long way. I know that he does not have the grocery store to stop at. I know he needs to eat somewhere, and so I'm going to do Whatever it takes, I'm going to volunteer my home. I'm going to volunteer my food because Jesus needs to eat. And, and she really cares for him, so I think her heart's in the right place. And she wants it to look nice when people are coming to our house. You know, we vacuum and we, we put all the toys away and we shove things under the beds and we stick things in the closets everywhere because we want it to look nice. We, we take time to prepare the food. We take time to lay out the table because we want it to look nice. Well, so I think that's exactly what she's thinking, that's exactly what she wants to happen. But Martha finds herself doing this all by herself. And I, I don't think that's normally how it works, but right now she is. And I picture her, she's, she's walking around, she's got this big mixing bowl. <laughs> and she's, she, that's just what I picture. She, she, she's walking back and forth and she's, there's this big room and she's in the little kitchen part and she's, she's listening and she's mad and she's looking at her sister as if she could get... If her sister would just look at her, she could get her in to help her. But she's not. She finally just says, I can't do this anymore. She sets it down, and she just breaks, excuse me, Jesus. i got to interrupt for a second. Could you please tell my sister Mary to get into the kitchen to help me? Anybody blame her for that? Lots of people. It's only me by myself. She's sitting there doing nothing. I need help. And before we get into... Jesus' response to that, that's thats the uh, priority to serve. Uh, that Mary's priority was a little bit different. Her priority was to listen to Jesus. Let's see. Mary, it says, uh, Martha had a sister, verse 39. Her name was Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Mary's. Uh, priority obviously was to sit and to hear what Jesus said because Jesus is coming through Bethany, he's going through Jerusalem. When's wh- how they didn't have like here's the newspaper, Jesus is going to show up at this town at this time if you'd like to hear him. Jesus just comes through and it's like all of a sudden he's here, here he's going to speak to us, and so you've got to take advantage of the time that you can, and so that's what Mary does. And I, you know what. Every preacher in the world, I think, loves Mary. Because you know where she's sitting? She's sitting right at Jesus' feet. She's sitting front and center. My son is close because he's in the second row. But sitting front and center. And that was a place that probably Mary was not supposed to be. That was It, it definitely showed that she was involved. She wanted to hear what Jesus said. But it's more set aside for the scholarly male who could potentially take that teaching to somebody else. And she says, I don't care what everybody's thinking. I'm sitting front and center. I want to hear what Jesus says. She could have said, I'm going to sit in the back, and I could sit by the window. So if I get distracted or bored, or I need to get up and use the bathroom, or I need to, to go help with the kitchen, I'll do that. But she says, no, I don't want that. I don't care what else is going on. I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to look at Jesus. And, that's, and in a church, you know, that's a tough place to be. Because if you ever say, "Okay, this guy's getting long-winded," you know I'm going to go to sleep, or I'm going to start looking around, or uh, you know I, I'm going to pick on Noah and Nick. And I, I'm only doing this because it involves my son. Uh, last last year, probably about this time, Noah and Nick sat in this the second row. This wasn't recorded. They sat in the second row and they took off their boots. And they're going they're going like this. And they're comparing boots right during the middle of church. Guess what? Mary is not doing. She's not. She's not. She she's giving Jesus her undivided attention. If she dozes out, if she zones out, Jesus is going to know. So she's putting herself she's we're in a in a very vulnerable position where she's got to pay attention because Jesus is going to know if she does not do that. And I don't think, you know, if you look at Mary's motives, I don't think she's trying to get out of work. I don't think she's thinking boy, if I just sit here and I ignore everything, uh, the, the dishes will be done by the time Jesus is done speaking. I know, my sister, the food's going to be ready. I'm just, I'm just going to ignore this. I don't think so. I think she's thinking this is a once-in-a-month a opportunity. This is the only time I have to hear Jesus, and so I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm not going to budge. Now, we already know what Martha's thinking about Mary. She's thinking, get in the kitchen, right? You better get come here. I need help. But what is Mary thinking about Martha? You know, it doesn't say what kind of conversation they had before when Jesus is coming in. Maybe Martha said, hey, Mary, this is what we're making for dinner. Come and help me. And Mary says, no, what? No, we're not going to do that. Let's make something smaller. Dinner can wait. Jesus will understand it's okay to be here and listen to him. Maybe Mary tried to drag Martha to sit and do the same thing. Maybe Mary's thinking, boy, it sure is sad what Martha's missing. I know she's in there steaming. I know that the veins are popping out of her neck. I know that she can't handle that by herself. But she's choosing that. I'm not budging because this is better. I don't know what time Jesus is going to come through next. I think, though, at any other time of the day, any other guest, any other situation, I bet you anything Mary would have been right there with Martha. She would have said, okay, this is what we're preparing. we got to get the house cleaned up. we got to make the food. we got to do these dishes. we got to get the table laid out nice. And Mary would have been right there with her. But she said, you know what? I have priorities too. Your priority is to just do all the service. I'm going to stop that priority, and I'm going to take time to spend with Jesus. And so that's what she did. And I bet it wasn't easy. I bet the whole time she's sitting there, she's thinking, what is Mary thinking She's thinking, what is everybody else thinking? I was raised to get in the kitchen. I was raised to do this. I'm going against what everything in her is screaming, get up and get going. But she says, no, this is what is better. Time with Jesus is better than anything else that I could be doing. And so she forces herself to stay. So what is Jesus' response to all this? I think we already know, but I'm going to read through it Uh, again. Uh, After Martha rants and raves and complains to Jesus about Mary not healthy, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, obviously, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. You know, he's saying, Mary, you're worried about the food. I know you're making a big, elaborate meal. We don't need that. It, It does taste good and it will fill our bellies, but you know what? All we need for now is just a little meal. He says, I know you're worried about the the accommodations, and you want everything to be comfortable, and to be be nice. You're, You're worried about the activities. That's not that important. This is better. I know, Martha, you're worried about the expectation of others. You're the hostess. You're probably the oldest, and everybody's expecting you to do this. He says, you're worried about many other things, but that's that's not what's needed right now that's not what is the most important thing and the the thing here though is he he tells Martha he says do you have uh Mary has chosen what is better what Mary, what Mar- Martha chose to do was something that was good it was a good priority. As you look at these priorities and there's nothing on here that I say but that's a bad priority i don't think anybody here's going to disagree that these are all good priorities but when it comes to to priorities what is better? What is the better choice? And he's telling her, this is what's better right now because I'm, co- I'm going through. You, you don't, yeah, They don't have any idea when time Jesus is coming through. They can't get on the internet. They can't get on the radio and hear Jesus speak. Again, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Jesus is coming through. Martha says, I'm going to work. I'm going to do ministry, no less, to try to make Jesus happy. And Mary says, I'm just going to sit there. And what is better between the two? Part of me screams and says, you got to do the work. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Martha, too. You know, I'm a, or a Mark. Okay, not a Martha. I'm a Mark or something, you know, where I, I totally feel everything inside of her. I want it to be prepared. I want it to be nice as well, so that I, but I understand. Uh, but you know what? Both are necessary. If everybody was a Martha, if everybody did the work, guess what? You'd probably have a very nice building. You'd have a very nice program. You'd have lots of very nice food. But when it came down to the, the teaching time, guess who would be there? Nobody, because everybody would be working. If you had, if everybody was a Mar, uh, Mary, everybody said, I'm just going to read my Bible all day, and I'm just going to pray, and I'm going to listen to the preacher on the radio, and I'm going to come to church, and I'm just going to sit and listen. Guess what would happen? Your whole building would fall down, right? There wouldn't be any light bulbs because they'd all be burnt out. You'd have cobwebs everywhere uh there you just everything would be a mess it's it's called a balance right it yeah priorities you can have all the priorities that you want but balance them and make sure that we include time with Jesus in that in those priorities now i i can say from uh like i said i'm i'm more i'm like a martha i've 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 grown out of that you know uh when i was when we first got married life was perfect it was simple. I just went to work every day. I helped in Awana. Other than that, I had nothing to do. We lived uh, in Spokane. We just, we'd go walking, and we would, we would talk, and we just dinner with us. And it was, you had the whole evening with nothing, right? And then all of a sudden, you get kids, and it's like, okay, now I'm starting to get involved in their lives. And then I, I started, uh, we moved to Davenport, and I started teaching Sunday school, and I tried to, started helping in Awana, And then I became the youth pastor, and so I was a commander in a one, and I was trying to do youth group events, and I was trying to do, all the while I was trying to go to Bible school, and while I was trying to work on a drilling rig, you know, so it's like I couldn't believe how busy I was, and even to make it worse or or make it harder, I still had a family that I had to connect with at some point. And so what I'd do is I'd start trying to work ahead. Every free moment I had, I said, I'm going to work ahead on my next lesson. And guess what I did? I worked ahead, but I was always working ahead, so I never could take a break. (laughs) I was always busy. And it it drove Wesley Nutschies thinking, I don't know how long I can handle this. I can't wait until school's done. But I got into this groove. I always have to be busy. I always have to be busy. And then all of a sudden, we moved to a slow little town called Plebna. And guess what my mind is thinking? I have to be busy. I have to be busy. I don't know how not to be busy, because I have trained my brain to do this for so long. So So I understand. I mean, even doing good things. I was doing good things. I remember teaching uh, Sunday school a couple of years. And by the time August came, I, I was like, I'm empty. My tank is empty. I have nothing else to give to anybody because guess what? I was so busy trying to do things in life and do things for Jesus that I didn't fill up that tank. I, didn't, I wasn't doing a good job of, of spending time with Jesus. You know, you probably think that, you know, I read my Bible every day, and I do, and it's, but back then it was like, I'm reading my Bible because I've got to teach somebody something. That's not a good way to read your Bible. It is important, but you've got to read your Bible for yourself. So, spending, I was neglecting time with Jesus because I spent so much time doing things for Jesus that I thought that was good. I, I, but then I, I, I totally could not handle uh, the pressures because I didn't spend time with Jesus. And so, maybe you say, that's me. I, I'm doing so many things for God that I, I have a hard time to stop and to spend time with Jesus. He's a priority, but he's on the, kind of on the bottom. Or you just say, you know what, I'm just busy in general. This is uh, one of the busiest places in the world I've ever been, and I really haven't been to many places. Davenport was busy, but I think here you amp it up on opportunities to be busy. And they're not bad things. Work and school and sports and friends and you name it, they're all good things, they're all good priorities. And so I'm not going to try to tell anybody uh, to, to, like, lighten your load. You know what, everybody, I mean, if you can, if you get to the point where you say, you know what, I can reduce my life because it is too busy, I would say go for it. But I'm not going to try to persuade you. I'm not going to try to say this is your top priority and this is your top priority. Uh, but I would encourage you that if you could reduce your load, it's going to make it easier to have time with Jesus because you'll have less things screaming at you and pulling at you but I know that's, that's, that's something that you have to decide on your own. But what I am going to try to encourage you is to make Jesus a priority. Fit him into your schedule. And that's one of the hardest things about Jesus is Jesus is always there. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. You know what? All these things, uh, all these things that you can think of, uh, all these priorities, there's always going to be something else. You know, with my family, there's always going to be another activity that they're involved in that I can be a part of. There's always going to be another project that they need. At church, there's always another Sunday school lesson to teach. There's always another good activity to be involved in, even like the uh, church cleaning or uh, the the White Cross or the women's, Women's Fellowship. There's always something good to do. There's always work there, right? There's always school work. There's always uh, time with my friends. There's always myself. There's always exercise. There's always always another priority that's going to be screaming at you and pulling at your attention. You know what? I didn't even write. I didn't even write the top priority on here. I know it looks like it when I wrote God and church, and I'd like to say that's your biggest priority because that means you'll be here every Sunday and then I can have people to talk to. But that's that's not even it because. You can do the right things. You can uh, do, like I, like I was, so busy doing things for God that I didn't spend time with God. That One of the priorities, the number one priority that should be written down on number 11 is time with Jesus. Just you and him. Spending time reading his word so that he can teach you what he wants to teach you. Not because I'm going to teach you guys this or my Sunday school class or my I to kid's this because I just want to connect with Jesus. What do you want to teach me? We need to make time to spend praying with Jesus every day as well. Not the kind of prayer where I'm driving down the road, like I'm on my way to work and I'm going to be praying because this is the only time I have left because there's so many other things going on, which obviously pray without ceasing. Pray then as well, but like stopping, going in your room and closing the door and just you and Jesus. And saying, hey, Jesus, this is what I got going on. Jesus, what do you want to, what do I need to prove in my, improve in my life? What, what can you tell me, God? You know, So making Jesus a priority, just like everything else. There's always going to be something else. You want to keep your life busy? Knock yourself out. I've learned to slow my life down. You know, That's just a choice everybody's got to make. But make sure that no matter what your life is like, that you make time to spend time with Jesus. I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm not trying to say, because I know that's one thing in churches when, when we start saying you have to do this and you can't do that, all of a sudden everything becomes legalistic. Like, I have to do this because God's going to be happy or God's going to zap me. No, it's not based off of that. It's based off remembering that guess who made you a priority? God made you a priority. He didn't say, well, I'll get to that problem when whenever I feel like it. He didn't say, uh, I'll come down to the earth when it's convenient for me," he says. You know, I'm going to pick a lousy time. I'm going to do a lousy, go through a lousy experience so that uh, I can die on a cross, so that you guys can have eternal life. God made you a priority, and I want to encourage us, me as well, to learn from Mary and Martha. You can do lots of good things in your with your whole life, but make sure that you take time to spend with Jesus. Make Jesus a priority. God is never going to leave you. He is never going to forsake you. He's always right there. All you got to do is make him a priority and spend time with him. Uh, and he's, he's ready and willing anytime that you're ready. So I just want to encourage you, make God a priority. Make time to spend with Jesus every day. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the, even the, the simple example of Mary and Martha. God, I know that they both had their hearts in a good place. Uh, wanting to serve you, God, there's so many things that we could do here to, to get us busy with serving you. God, that we uh, we forget to spend time with you. And I just pray that, God, you'd help us to be able to slow down and to stop and to read your word and to, to be still and know that you are God, to listen to you and to talk to you in prayer. I just pray, God, for the, the strength and the ability for uh, for us to do that. God, the other things that in our life that seem so important that they wouldn't seem any more important than they have to be, God, that we can make sure we spend time with you. Uh, God, I do, I do want to pray f- again for a safe trip home for everybody. And I pray again for, uh, just for your blessing on this week, and I just pray that you would be our, our number one priority. And I ask this in Jesus' name.